Between the Covers, a series designed around who and what can be done and achieved by patients, planning and working in a community of like-minded, successful people. This podcast series is for anyone looking at becoming a successful published author and those looking to understand the mind of a writer and the goals of a publisher. Proudly sponsored by Shoreline Publishing. Welcome and enjoy. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to Between the Covers. I'm Kelly Wilson, and I'm coming to you on behalf of Shoreline Publishers today. I'm very, very excited to be speaking with the brand new author uh, today. Her name is Carolyn Pierce. Uh, C. Pierce is what she goes by in her the title of her new book, A Good Girl. How are you today, Carolyn? Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I can hear some beautiful birds in your background. Yes, I'm at school and there's some magpies and Karawangs just out, just just beyond the window. <laughs> They've joined us for our podcast today. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's lovely. Now, a good girl um, is your brand new book, and congratulations on its publication. Thank Would you. you be able to tell us a little bit about it today? Yeah. Um, well, it, it covers events that happened when I was a, a very little girl, so really from about the age of three to seven, um, and. For years and years, I couldn't talk about any of this. Um, And then when I turned 61, which was the age at which my sister and mother both died, I thought, if I'm going to die, I need to get some things off my chest before I could do. So I had found a a wonderful GP who I I could trust, and I thought I I could maybe start to tell him about what happened to me as a child. Um, And when I found it difficult, he said, do you like writing? And I said, yes. He said, why don't you write a journal? Um, of of now, what we're going through now, and then also bring in some of your memories of when you were a little girl. And um, so that, that's what I did. And I had uh, I sent the memories to a friend of mine, Sandy, who's very close to me, and mm. he said, I just really wanted to hear an adult voice, not just the child's voice. And so that's why the, the book has developed into two voices, mm. um, me as the narrator in the present day and then the child's voice from long ago. Um, so I'm Joanna as the grown-up and Joey as the little girl. Yeah, well, congratulations, and that's incredibly brave that you have popped this down in paper, and I have no doubt that you're going to um, help um, and inspire many, many people to um, be as creative as you in in their healing because it's incredible when we bring something creative to the forefront just how healing it actually is, isn't it? Yes, um, it, was, it was really a healing process for me to, to be able to write about those things. Um, I think I, in the book I write that really painful things I used, that I wanted my doctor to know, my GP to know, yes. I used to write yeah. backwards. So you'd have to read it in the mirror because if <laughs> I write backwards, then it doesn't jump out at me. You know, I can just yeah, it's safe. It's all safer. And so once he once he had read it though, then I was able to write it out properly. You know, so because it, it's almost as if if he if he wasn't horrified and disgusted, then it must yeah. be okay. Because I really was so full of shame about what happened to me that um, I imagined that anyone I told would just be disgusted and and not want to have anything to do with me. Yeah, and I've I've read that numerous times about um, victims such as yourself that feel like that, which is a a totally 
wrong emotion, but it's something that's ingrained, I think, from a very early age. Um, are you able to tell readers today, um, you know, about exactly what the topic is about? I, we, I, you've said it's about a trauma that's happened to you. Are you able to elaborate on that? Any? Um, yes, it's um, really about um, when, when I was a little girl, my grandfather came to live with us. And I'm um, sorry, that's a basketball being bounced outside. That's fine. <laughs> my grandfather came to live with us and um, he ended up sexually abusing me for a period of about a month or two. And I couldn't tell anyone until I used to go and sleep in my brother's room on his bunk bed. And he'd say, I'm sick of you sleeping in my room. You know, I want my Aww. own space. And yeah. I had to finally tell him. I just said, I'm so scared of grandpa. And so he, he said, why? And I couldn't really explain. I didn't have the words, but... He's three years older than I am, so he he immediately went and um, told my parents and my my dad just put my grandfather in the car and I never saw him again. My dad took him somewhere else. But my parents never were able to speak to me about about it at all. Which which is what you needed as a child, I can imagine, to try and understand and process what had happened. Yeah, my mum just said, oh, he was senile. He didn't know what he was doing. That's all she said. And I I didn't even know what the word senile meant. Um, no. And no. I said, no, he didn't think he was senile at all. He knew exactly what he was doing. What he was doing, yeah. And um, I also mm. write about some other incidents of abuse. I said to my psychologist once, you know, what is it with me? Do I have the word victim written across my forehead? <laughs> um, the first instance of sexual abuse was about an older girl at school when I was in grade one. Um, and then during my adolescence and, uh, you know, early adulthood, things happened again. Mm. So it was good to be able to talk about all those things at last instead of having them swirling inside me like this. Yes, absolutely. Did you find, um, you know, obviously it's taken you, as you said, a lot of years to to um, be able to face the trauma and write about um, your journey. Did you find that your mind repressed it for a while, that you were able to forget? Or no. was it always no, with was, something within you? Yeah. yeah, it was always there. I used to experience it as a sort of black viscous disgusting substance that I had to consciously work hard at pushing down Um, but you know things like smells or noises would bring things rushing back or being held down you know or something like that uh, would bring things back I'd sort of relive events and um, I I had used to have nightmares recurring nightmares and through my treatment with my um, GP and my clinical psychologist we got rid of two of the nightmares but the third one is still here and I still have it probably every second night or every night. Mm. It's still the same. So um, I wish I could get rid of that one. Yeah, and that's that's incredibly tough. Do you think that's um, surfaced or become so prevalent because it's so raw at the moment, because it's out in the world now? Um, it could be. But, I mean, these nightmares have been with me all my life. So it was a such a relief to get rid of the two of them. And the, the third one now, I, I know what to expect but always wake up feeling sick when I've had it so yeah I bet you do and and what an incredible woman you are then I mean you've had um, a really um, interesting career and you're still in education even today is that correct yeah I love teaching I love young people Um, I love English I'm an English teacher and I love French I don't teach French at the moment so love languages and um, I love students so it's the best possible job for me Love young absolutely. people, love my subjects. So. No, that, absolutely. And I, I can only imagine how proud those young people are going to be when um, they, you've got your book in your hand and can say, I'm actually author, also a published author. <laughs> yeah, 
I think um, it might be interesting to see just how many young people have the courage in the future to to come and talk to you about their stories even. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. And uh, I noticed in your book that your characters you named differently. Um, yeah. Even though it was a non-fiction, why did you do that? Um, I really want to protect extended family who mm. around Absolutely. the Absolutely. Yeah, fair enough. Because, you know, if I'm CPS, they might not associate it with me. And, you know, I, ju- I just also changed um, some of the places to protect. Yeah, um, I think that's really wise. My GP and my clinical yeah. psychologist. I didn't yeah. want people to say, oh, I know who you are. Oh, you, um, yes. Yeah. And also um, I... I sort of changed some of the order of events at times, but Mm. essentially it's just um, my journey as a little girl and then my journey to healing as an adult. Yeah, and I'm really, really intrigued and I absolutely love that you've used the voice of a child and the voice of an adult because I know in a lot of trauma healing you need to um, face both, both your, your inner child and you as an adult and what you're dealing with. How much of the book is through the eyes of a child and how much is is you now as an adult? Um, I think it's slightly more about the child because yes. when I got to a stage in the present day where things were very difficult to, to write about, um, I would go back to my memories. Revert, yeah. I, I was brought up by black nannies and my first nanny that I had, um, Maggie her name was, but I called her Goggy, which is short for Gogo, grandmother, Mm-hmm. And I loved her more than anything, and so my memories of her are always good memories. I love to go back there, mm. um, and they're very vivid memories. Even though I was a very small child, I can still remember her smell and being on her yeah. back. But they're your, that's your safe space. They're, yeah. they're your safe memories. And for listeners out there who may not know, Carolyn um, was actually born in South Africa and lived in Zimbabwe. Um, to what age were you there, Carolyn? Um, uh, we moved up to Zimbabwe. It was Rhodesia then when I was about seven or eight, and then I lived there until um, I went to school in Switzerland when I was 17 and then straight from Switzerland down to university in South Africa and then to Australia in 1986. Wow, you're (laughs) well-travelled. Wow, and I believe um, even though this is your first non-fiction and I would say your most important book that you'll ever write, Carolyn, I believe you have written another book um, in the past? Yeah, I wrote a book um, in South Africa in about 1985 or something called Which Woman on the Hogs Back? It's a children's book and it's about um, how in Europe people have stopped believing in witches. So this witch decides to come south to Africa where people do still believe in witches. Wow. Lands up in this mountain area, mountainous area in the Cape called Hogsback, where Tolkien actually based quite a few of his settings in Hogsback because he used to live near there. Um, and... I, I sort of had this little girl um, in the story become friends with a little Corsa boy and together they have to fight the witch and free the, the um, one of the ancestors in the river. So I mix, it's a mixture of Corsa mythology and a white child's encounter with Corsa mythology, which I knew from my reading, but also from my second nanny, third nanny, who was Corsa, and she used to tell me all these stories. So wow, and, you know, I, I used to believe all of the Yes. You know, about um, the people in the river and the the lightning bird and all of those things and the tokolosh, which is this little creature who likes children but hates adults. And and then it's real for children there. You know, they say, oh, the doesn't want us to come to school today, so the school closes for the day and they have to get (laughs) the vine to come and clean the place and get rid of the tokolosh so the children go back to school. 
Well, I think, um, you know, backing onto the success of your new book, um, A Good Girl, perhaps you should look into getting that republished because that's quite fascinating and in in a certain way would gel in with your story in A Good Girl because you talked about a little person who who liked, who didn't like adults. Yeah. You know, surely that was part of your journey as well, yes. really. True. Yeah. Yeah. And I've noticed in the title of your book, A Good Girl, you've got a question mark on the end there. Yes, it's to indicate that I still am not quite sure that I'm a good girl. Oh. So you know, I just felt so bad. Um, I yeah. felt so bad all my life. And so that's why it's a question mark. Yeah. And my nanny and- said to me before we went to Zimbabwe, I remember, my darling, you're a good girl. And I, I just that phrase resonated with me and I kept wanting to be a good girl, but I knew that I wasn't because you of all You didn't feel that. that. Well, that's so sad. And because my grandfather blamed me, you know, he sort of made me feel yeah. complicit, as um, my, my GP said, he made you feel complicit so that you couldn't tell anybody. Yeah, that's what they're good at. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. That's incredible. And, you know, you've written this book now. So, how are you feeling on the other side of, of having written something so profound? Well, I actually became a bit frightened and thought, what have I done? Because um, I'd be very upset if, for example, um, a pedophile or something were to read it and then hurl abuse at me. Or I understand that. I'm praying that that won't happen. So I'm not going to be responding to anything on Facebook or anything. No, I think you'll find the opposite to that, that you perhaps um, are the voice of change in a really positive way. Our fears always speak louder than our truth. So, you know, you hang in there with that. <laughs> yeah. And um, so your biggest challenge, were there parts of A Good Girl that you simply could not write or did you just go for it? And Oh, it took ages. I had to build up to the actual abuse. So I used to, I went back to when I was a little girl and then I'd go back to another memory of like holidays in, um, near, near the sea or I'd go back yeah. to easy memories to try and, ease back and you know to try and work towards the actual horror um and it was I I had to write about it first as a child in the child's voice before I got my GP um clinical psychologist so um it's amazing it was was very difficult um especially to talk about I just found it you know as I said to you before and I used to write about the worst things I'd like the nightmares, I'd write them in backwards handwriting so that I could. Incredible. <laughs> when I was at school, I used to write everything backwards. So I can write as fast backwards as I can forwards, but wow. I, can't read it. I can't read it as well. You know, it takes longer to decipher. So if I write something backwards, it doesn't jump out of the, pa- jump out of the page yeah. at me. So I used to give that piece of paper to my GP and he'd stand behind his door and read it. And then once wow. he it and didn't feel, and I saw he wasn't horrified, he wasn't disgusted with me. Yeah. And I thought, oh, maybe it's okay. You know, yeah. really um, important in making me feel safe. He made what a blessing feel- you came across that person. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He must really admire you and your journey, that's for sure. Yeah. He's a yeah, very strong, very strong person and very kind. Yeah. And now that you've had um, such an experience in, in writing um, the nonfiction piece of work that you have and it's a very very big job to to do it as as I know are you hooked as a writer do you think there's something else in the pipeline in your future in writing that yes but I don't think it would be non-fiction what I'd really like to write about is um, my, one of my favorite works of literature is Beowulf which is a, probably the first English poem written down in old English 
and there's a character, there, there are three trials that this hero Beowulf goes through. And in the last trial, there's a young man called Wiglaf. Yeah. And I want to write the story of Wiglaf and put him through all the three trials somehow. Um, <laughs> I just would like to just do something like that, something yeah. really. Well, um, then celebrate yourself as an author and go for it, I say. You know, you've obviously got the skill, um, but wouldn't that be lovely to be able to celebrate with something completely fictional? <laughs> yeah, it would be. I'd like to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, your story is brave. Um, it's an incredible reflection um, and it's it's a very sensitive topic that you've embarked on, Carolyn, and, you know, I'm sure I won't be alone in, in praising you for what you've done. You're, um, I've seen some of the reviews and they're already incredible. Have you seen any of your reviews yet? No, I haven't yet. Thank oh, they're, you. they're beautiful and I think you'll you'll feel really empowered by those. So, Carolyn, I wish you absolutely every success in your journey going forward. Um, I, I think this is going to be huge, uh, bigger than you ever dreamed it would be, but mostly if it's helped to heal you, then what an incredible, amazing uh, achievement. So congratulations on that, Thank Carolyn. You. Thank you. It was 54 years in, in happening. It's worth it in the end, I think. It, it, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, it should never have happened to you, but you know, the impact you can have now will be huge, I am absolutely sure. And listeners out there, I really encourage you to go and order yourself a copy of A Good Girl. It's available um, online. It will be coming to bookstores and all good libraries around the world, I hope, Caroline. So yeah. I wish you every happiness in your future and I hope that we're talking again soon. <laughs> so much, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Between the Covers, produced by Shoreline Publishing. 